Hey, and welcome, welcome, welcome to everybody on the patio, to everybody online and everybody in the building. And I am praying, this is my prayer for all of us, that 2020 and 2021 are so far behind us that 2022 is a year of revival here and all around the world. So that's what we're aiming at. And uh, I'm really excited for what God has for us. I I was doing a lot of research, obviously, which I try to always do. And I read this, and I want to tell you if it resonates with you. It says, your shadow is confirmation that light has traveled nearly 93 million miles unobstructed, only to be deprived of reaching the ground in the last few feet, thanks to you. (laughs) Okay, am I the only one? Come on. (laughs) No, when I read that, it reminded me of something that most people do not know how important you are and vital you are to God's plan. I'd say most people. Some of you are narcissists, and we have a sermon coming up in the seven deadly sins for you. But that's not the majority. And and there was a question I remember uh, uh, that a friend of mine asked when he was speaking that, that I've always thought about. Why did God... Why did God, who is omniscient, why did God, who is all-powerful, why did God, who plans everything with intentionality, why did God, on purpose, have you be born in these days, the last days? It's not an accident. You're a part of the plan. You're a significant part of the plan, and God wants you to fulfill your part of that plan. But there's a reason you're born in these days, and we are living in the last days. We are living in a time where we begin to say, you know what, the things are happening. Look what Jesus said in uh, Luke chapter 21. He said, but when these things begin to take place. So Jesus in Matthew 24 and in Mark 13 and in Luke 21 and of course the book of Revelation, he gave very specific signs for you and I to know about and to be aware of and to keep our eye on so we would know when the last days had come. And then he said these words, when these things begin to take place, when you see these signs beginning to happen, straighten up, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Now, I want you to know that we are living in the last days if that's brand new to you. And the Bible's clear that there are certain things we can look at and go, oh my goodness, we're living in those days. Uh, One would be this, uh, when we see mankind facing an imminent danger from outer space. And we can know ahead of time it's coming. See, the Bible says that in the last days, people will look to the skies and faint with fear because of what's impending, what's coming upon the earth. And I think most of you know this. uh, NASA has now started military mission where they want to be able to deflect life-altering or life-ending asteroids, comets, or, or uh, that can impact the earth. And so we right now are experimenting with how to deflect those because according to NASA, it's not an issue of is it going to happen? It's a question of when is it going to happen? Yet the Bible says it's not only going to happen, the Bible says it's going to happen three times. Now, during a, an inner, uh, towards the end of time, the book of Revelation describes three times we are impacted by objects from outer space that create devastation on our planet. And so the Bible does talk about that. The Bible does tell about that. 
And NASA today, along with the European Space Organization, is saying, you know what? We believe it's coming. We believe it's coming. And we've got to try to do something about it. I thought that was kind of cool. There's an animation I want to show you of what that would look like. And you can see that this is a NASA model of what would occur. But get ready for how it shifts over. Because when it makes this initial shift, you begin to see the size of that that astro. Can you even see it? It's like a fly (laughs) hitting you. Uh, And you know what? That's the best we can think to do right now. But the Bible says when you live in a time like that, you know you're living in the last days. Uh, The second thing the Bible tells us, or not the second, but another thing the Bible tells us is this. When the country that's in the geographical area that we call Russia becomes a threat to world peace, and becomes highly, highly militaristic, you know you're living in the last days. And you know that right now we're in a time of tension that is very, very scary to the world. Why? Because Putin warns, now this is a key part of it, warns a possible military response over an aggressive NATO. Now, by the way, all of you who study politics, what did we threaten Russia with? Did we threaten military? What's the answer? No, we threatened financial sanctions. He's saying, we'll go to war with you. He's saying, we'll attack you. By the way, do you believe Putin would do it? I do. I do. But if you go, well, it's always been like this. No, it's not. It has not always been like this. The previous leaders of Russia were not willing to go to war with the United States and with NATO. And the reality is, is we're 30 years after we thought we had ended this tension and we're in a worse state, a more fragile state than ever before. But the Bible said, watch for that. Be ready for that. Jesus said, when these things begin to happen, what do you do? Lift up your head because your redemption draws near. The Bible also says that when China Uh, becomes a part of the threat to world peace that we need to be aware of what's going on. And so many of you are aware of this. Just recently, China announced a a deal with Iran to be not only a trade deal, but do you see this part? Military partnership. Who is Iran's greatest enemy? What's the answer? Israel. And what does the Bible promise? That in the last days, an army of 200 million will come from the area of China towards Israel. There's never been a time like this. At the time that prophecy was written, there were not 200 million people in the world. Uh, There was a period of time in about the 15, 16, and 1700s that people actually said the Bible can't be true because it's impossible to mount an army of 200 million. Do you think it is today? Oh, no, 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 no. We are living in the time when these things begin to happen. And we need to be aware it's going on right before our eyes. And so we are watching that occur. The other thing we are very, very close to is a true worldwide economy. The Bible says in the last days there will be a worldwide economy and there's going to be something else coming about that I'll get to in a moment. But we are seeing that occur right now like never before. And even though there's the dollar and even though there's the yen and even though there's the euro, the reality is is those are just names of things that we use to financially access electronically the funds that we have. And so we're watching as now we're seeing Bitcoin and other things become a part of, of moving us 
us towards a true worldwide economy. And then we saw the sign of all signs that we have to be in the last days. And that's when this occurred. That's the Staples Center. We probably ought to take a moment of silence. It's gone forever. But the crypto.com Karina uh, tells us that we are more than ever moving into a worldwide economy and that people are truly accessing that and are going to be a part of that. But then the Bible says when we have the worldwide economy in place, a leader will rise up in Europe and institute uh, a worldwide call that you cannot buy or sell without something on your right hand or something in the midst of your eye. Now, of course, the technology is already in place, but because of the COVID crisis, something happened that many of you are aware of, that in Sweden, thousands of people, actually now tens of thousands of people, are, are lining up not to get a COVID test, but to have microchips inserted under their skin. They're leading the world in having that happen. All of their medical information is on that chip. All their financial information is on that chip. And now they don't have to worry about proving that they're vaccinated or wondering how they're willing, uh, going to access their finances. And so, by the way, it's not just Sweden. All throughout Europe, that's a, 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 that's a group of people are massing up to have the chip inserted and actuated. This is the key. We've known about a chip before. It's actually working now. And uh, I think you would agree it's only a matter of time that our country is going to demand proof of vaccination at that rate. Would you think we're headed that way? Now, by the way, three years ago, were we headed that way? No. These things are beginning to happen right before our eyes. Jesus said that. But Jesus, by the way, and I always want to bring you back to this, said that the sign that begins all signs is when Israel becomes a nation and they own Jerusalem again. Jesus was very, very clear that the Jewish people, after he died and rose again, would be exiled from their land. And they would not own their land for uh, a long period of time. And that would be called the time of the Gentiles. And then he said, when that ends, lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. That is the beginning of all signs. In Luke 21 verse 12, Jesus, in giving the signs, says, but before all these things. Now, what is the before all these things? The apostles will be persecuted. That's what he told them. Before all these things, you guys are be persecuted. You guys are going to be under attack because of my name. Then the second thing he said, Jerusalem will be sacked and the people will be scattered outside the land. He said, but those are the before all these things until the time of the Gentiles ends, and then you will return. And so in Luke 21, 24, it says these words, and they, meaning the people in Jerusalem and Israel, will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led away captive into all nations. Now, by the way, that's historically occurred. Jesus predicted it before it occurred. It for sure happened. It's a fact it happened. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. See, the Bible's clear there was this period of time separating all of the signs for the first coming of Jesus till the beginning of the signs of the second coming of Jesus. 
And that's the time of the Gentiles. The time that Israel would not be in Jewish hands. The time Jerusalem would not belong to the Jewish people. And in 1948, Israel became a nation again. It's a miracle, by the way. A lot of people don't think of it. It's a miracle that happened. No other nation has gone out of existence and come back. Jerusalem or Israel did it twice. Uh, let me give you an example. How many of you have, uh, have decided on your bucket list you want to travel to the land of the Philistines? No, you haven't because they're gone. You can go to the land, but the Philistines don't exist anymore. Whole nations have been wiped out never to come back again. But Israel's done it just like God said. And Jesus said, when you see Jerusalem back in the hands of the Jewish people, that I want you to know that's the beginning of all things that are going to happen. And you and I should be aware of that. It means we truly, truly, truly are in the last days. Today, though, I want to center on one particular sign of two that we're told are integral to the very, very end. What happened is Paul, in the first letter to a Thessalonian Christians, described an event that many of us are waiting for, we're longing for. It's called the rapture. When we will be caught up into the air to be with the Lord. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, it says this, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with his shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So the rapture happens when all those who are dead are immediately caught up to be with the Lord in that moment. Then, after that happens, in a twinkling of an eye, then we who are alive and remain will be caught up. Now, now I want to slow down here. The word caught up in English comes from Greek words that when translated, oh, go back, guys. When translated into rap, uh, Latin is the word raptured. Uh, I, every now and then, I haven't had it happen in a while, but every now and then I used to have people come up to me and say, well, you know the word rapture is not in the Bible. By the way, that's not true. The word rapture is in the Latin. The Latin has actually that word rapture right there. That's where we get the idea of a rapture, which means that Christians will just instantly disappear from the earth. We'll all be gone in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. So it says that we who are alive and remain will be caught up, raptured together with them, with those who are dead and have risen to be with the Lord in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So the Thessalonians were told, hey, this amazing event's going to come. The rapture of the church is going to happen. Christians are going to be caught up not to be a part of the world scene anymore. And we will be rescued out of the worst of the worst that is to come. We'll just disappear. By the way, what does that mean? You'll be in a place of no more tears, no more sorrow. Never being told to wear masks again. Yeah. So what happened is when the Thessalonians heard that, they got really excited. Uh, and we know that from other writings, a lot of them began to quit working. Uh, uh, they, they, they literally sat around thinking it's going to happen at any moment. So Paul, in 2 Thessalonians, decides to tell them, because God inspires him to, hey, you guys need to know that two things must occur before the rapture takes place. 
And so in 2 Thessalonians, we move there and we find out that Paul says these words. Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, which is the rapture. The coming of the Lord to get us, our gathering together to him is the rapture. That you not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as if from us that the effect that the day of the Lord is come. It says, let no one in any way, and we're going to key in on this word, deceive you. There's a great cry in the Bible, but especially concerning the days you and I live in, these last days, that we are not deceived. I'm going to go to that in a moment. I'm going to really tune in on that, hone in on that. Don't be deceived. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you already know the only way to guarantee you won't be deceived? And that is to make sure you have your information from a source that can be trusted. And what is the only source that can be trusted? The Bible. So let me say this. Don't let human opinion... Uh, I got to say that a lot of times I've watched Christians, I believe they're in the midst of deception because they lean more on human opinion. I'll hear someone say, well, my pastor taught this. By the way, uh, I, I'm most of your pastors. Don't go by me. That's a scary th- My wife doesn't even listen to what I say. <laughs> if we can't back it up with scripture, what does that tell you? And a lot of times what happens, I'll show people scripture and they go, no, that's not, that's not going to happen. I'm like, it says it right in the Bible. So don't let anybody deceive you. For it, what is it? It is the rapture, will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. Leave this slide on, you guys. Let no one deceive you, for it will not come unless. Please, if you, this is the two things I want you to walk out of here remembering. The rapture will not happen unless, number one, the apostasy comes first. We're going to talk about that more in a second. And number two, the Antichrist is revealed. Does he have to be at full power? No. But the Bible gives us enough to know about him. We can know who he is. Now, let me say that again. The Bible gives us enough to know about him. We can know who he is. And you, some of you have been a part of Crossroads know that I've now a couple times said, hey, it could be this guy. And then one of the guys that proved not to be him because he died, so it's not him. Um, <laughs> but are we to know who he is? What's the answer? Oh, yeah, the Bible wants you to know who he is. So we will know who he is. We will know who he is. And so uh, it says that. And so he won't be revealed unless we know who he is. So we can be very, very aware of that. Very aware of the coming of the Lord. Very aware of what's going to happen. And so we need to be careful not to be deceived. Uh, Let me show you one of those passages that people struggle with. When the Antichrist arises, he is the one who will institute that you cannot buy or sell unless you have a mark on your forehead or your uh, uh, right hand. The word forehead is a Greek word, metaopon, which means in the midst of the eye, or something on your right hand, which could be a mark or an inserted chip would work. But look what it says in Revelation 19, verse 20. And the beast, who's the Antichrist, was seized, and with him the false prophet, by the way, he's a religious leader that allies himself with the Antichrist, who performed the signs in his presence, Now look at this part, by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast. 
when the Antichrist comes, he will deceive people into taking the mark. Let me say that again. When the Antichrist comes, he will deceive people into taking the mark. It, in these last days, it's all about deception. The apostasy, which I'll get to in a moment, like I said, is all about deception. Uh, and I've had people say to me, oh, no, no, people, when the mark comes, people are going to know it's the mark. What does this say? Does this say they're going to know? There's going to be a big sign that says, come take the mark of the beast and go to hell. No. People are going to be deceived. In the Garden of Eden, Satan deceived Eve into sinning against God. He didn't say to her, hey, come, eat of this fruit, and you're going to have horrible pain in childbirth. He didn't do that, did he? You'll lose fellowship with God. You'll start to die. He told her, no. Come and eat of this fruit that God told you not to eat of, and then you'll be like God. And you shall surely not die. But what happened? The minute she ate it, she began to die. See, let me say this. Satan has never not worked with deception. The Bible actually has a title for Satan. He's the father of what? Lies. So why do so many people, and maybe I'm just, can you catch where I'm going? Why do so many people act like, oh no, we're going to know. The only way you'll know is the Bible. Not men's opinion, not tradition, the Bible. So when the Bible says the mark of the beast is coming with deception, let me tell you what's going to happen. It's going to come with deception. Yeah, so when people are lining up in Europe and, and getting chips inserted, I don't think they're going, oh, I want to burn in hell. Now, is it the mark? No, not yet, because they can buy or sell without it. But when the day comes, you can't buy or sell without it. And I want to say this, I believe we're closer than ever. I believe, I think we're closer than ever. They're going to say that if you don't have this particular thing we're telling you to have, you can't fly on an airplane. You can't cross a border. You can't go into Costco. <laughs> They're like the most militant of all, aren't they? And the Bible's warning us about that, and we need to be ready. And so the Bible tells us there are two things that have to happen, or else we're not going to. Uh, uh, see the rapture occur, but I think we're in the midst of the first one. Second uh, Thessalonians 2, 3 again uh, talks about that. It says, number one, I'll go ahead and go back. It tells us that it's going to be the apostasy and the antichrist revealed. So we know the apostasy and the antichrist revealed is what we need to watch. And let me say this, we're not here yet. I think we're here. I think we're in the beginning of this. Let's go back and look at that verse together again. It says, let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. So the apostasy must come first. That must happen. Now, what is the word apostasy? Well, it comes from a Greek word that has a very interesting definition. So go ahead and flip up that Greek word for me, you guys. It's apostasia, and it means a departure, to depart from, to forsake. So if I am going to do an apostasy in my marriage, I have to be married. By the way, the word could be used for divorce. Can you get divorced if you're not married? What's the answer? No, you got to get married, then you can get divorced, which you shouldn't, by the way. This is talking about people who are a part of the faith, 
who are a part of the church, who are a part of what God's calling is, and they depart from it and they forsake it. One of the great signs in the last days is a great falling away in the church. Uh, a turning against God as evidenced by abandonment and repudiation of former beliefs. That's what the Baker uh, Bible Encyclopedia calls apostasy. It's a turning against God as evidenced by abandonment and repudiation of former beliefs. To divorce themselves from Christ. To divorce themselves from the church. And this does mean that someone has to be a Christian and a member of the church to commit apostasy. And we're living in a time when I think people are doing that. They're walking away. Uh, we're clearly told this will occur in the Bible in the last days. First uh, Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 says this. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly. I, I, I don't want you to miss that. The Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, in our days, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow, notice this again, deceptive spirits. They're going to be deceived. And teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. Uh, we're going to need to have you hang on to that part of it. The idea their consciences become dead to all the good things that God calls us to and God wants us to happen. But don't miss the falling away happens because of deception, because of deception. And uh, by the way, I want to read this now. That was New Living. I want to read 1 Timothy 4, 1 out of the New American Standard. But the Spirit explicitly says, so that word that's there, Say it can be translated explicitly or clearly. In other words, don't miss, it's very, very clear that one of the signs of the last days are people falling away from the faith. That in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith. They'll pay attention to deceitful spirits and doctrine and demons. And so we see, we see, that is what we're to watch for. And it's scary how many Christians right now are leaving truth for lies. And we, we can see the fruit of it. Uh, the fruit of it is anti-God. The fruit of it is not what God's will would be. Uh, and I'm watching with a heart that's breaking. People I know who are believers, but I'm not sure where their belief is anymore, who are filled with passions for things that clearly could not be from the Lord. Matter of fact, not trying to be judgmental, I think they probably are more passionate than they've ever been. More passionate about what they're into now than they've ever been about seeing people rescued from hell and come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. And right now, if some of those people would show that same energy to reaching the lost, I think we could win this world for Christ. But the Lord warned us this was always Satan's plan. Jesus, remember, in Matthew 24, gives signs of his coming. And he says, For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders, so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. 
Look at that. To mislead is possible, even the elect. But it's going to be people who are false Christ. Now, to be a false Christ, you've got to claim you are of Christ. They're going to be false prophets, but they have to claim that they are prophets of Christ. And they're going to arise in the last days. And they're going to gather people together. And they're going to ignite their passions for anything other than what the Lord wanted us to do. And Jesus said, look, I told you this in advance. I just didn't know how it would occur. I knew it was coming, but I just didn't know what happened the way it's happening. I didn't have an idea that the COVID crisis could actually be what is maybe a tipping point to putting people there. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. It's not going to be easy in the last days. And, and I think this last two years have been years of challenge for the vast majority. For men will be lovers of self. In other words, they're going to love selfish interests more than Jesus. Lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, prideful. But I don't want you to miss this word. Revilers. Revilers. It's interesting that in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says that when Jesus was reviled, he did not revile in return. But he suffered instead. You can't get more anti-Christ than being a reviler. Uh, and when, when churches gather together to revile It breaks the heart of God. It's at least a defection from truth. Um, and it's mind-boggling that that happens. It says disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving. This is a key, unloving. Irreconcilable. You can't get them to go for peace. Malicious. Gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Verse 5 says, holding to a form of godliness, they call themselves a Christian, although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. So our power comes from the Holy Spirit, and I'm hoping you all know the answer to this. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is what? Love. Love. When people turn away from loving, when they become more into reviling, they're ungrateful, they're unloving. This is a sign of apostasy. And uh, this is the one thing that I, and I'm not the only one, I, I meet with other pastors. I and some of my friends are shocked and concerned that this has occurred. Um, we need to know that that's one of the things that will happen. In Matthew chapter 24 verse 9 it says this. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. That's a sign one day of a worldwide persecution. And at that time many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased most people's love will grow cold. 
but the one who endures to the end will be saved. So he said, you know what? You know that you're in the midst of those last days. You know you're in the midst of the apostasy occurring when people's love becomes cold, when they're arrogant, when they're revilers, when they have forgotten the goal. 1 Timothy 1.5 says very clearly this, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So as a pastor, if my, my teaching doesn't call you to be more loving, uh, my teaching doesn't say to you, let's be more caring. And we don't walk out of here more loving and more caring. Then, then we're not following the way of Christ. We're going anti-Christ at that moment. When people are brutal, haters of good, that's when they're holding to a form of godliness, but denying the true power thereof. And this kind of apostasy, the Bible says, will be fueled by false teachers giving a false message. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, it says this, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate themselves, teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside the myths. See, I, I, I think that's the, the... One of the biggest surprises or shocks or horrific events I've seen is how many people and people I know who are so into conspiracy theories that they, they're, they're myths, they're lies, they're not true. But you can't get them to to let go of it. They're irreconcilable back to truth. And we're a people of truth. We're a people of love. But in the midst of this apostasy, so many people are caught up in it that all they do is look for teachers who will back up what they say. Uh, by the way, in the area of counseling, we call that confirmation bias. That's where you just look for people who will agree with you. Uh, one of our elders uh, Joe Vargas was saying he, he is heartbroken over people he knows. And he was talking to one man who the fruit of his life today is not what it used to be. It's not loving, it's not caring, it's not... And this person drives and drives and drives to a church because that church is fueling the fire of hatred. And this person loves it. And so Joe asked him a question. How many churches do you think you drive by to get there? I don't know if that resonates with you, but as I sat and listened to Joe and heard the emotion in his voice, I thought, I share it, Joe. I share it. Why? Because people will drive for miles if someone will fuel the fire of hatred. And that's the world we live in today. It's interesting, in the book of Psalms, there's a group of Psalms called the Psalms of the Ascent. And it talks about the idea of leaving this world to go and be in the presence of God. Especially, by the way, back then in Jerusalem, at the temple in Jerusalem. And in Psalm 120, it begins with the idea of the world we're in and how we get away from it. And it says this, Woe is me, for I sojourn in Meshach, for I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long my soul has had its dwelling with those who hate peace. I am for peace, 
But when I speak of peace, they are for war. Meshach is a group of people who were brutal and loved to tear every other people apart. And he said, I'm in the midst of a bunch of people who are brutal and want to tear people apart, but I'm for peace. But when I try to talk about peace, they're for war. And uh, if you haven't caught it, that's apostasy. That's apostasy. And we're seeing that occur in our day, and it's happening in our time. See, if you're a part of a church, and hopefully this church, that is seeking Christ, then when I walk out here, I should never revile. By the way, what does the Bible say we do for our government leaders? What are we supposed to do? Pray for them. By the way, if, if our government leaders are our enemies, what are we supposed to do? Pray for them and love them. And if anything else is coming out, that it could not be more antichrist. And we're watching a world today that is moving more to hate, cruelty, division. And it needs Christians who will stand up and be for love and peace and reconciliation. That's what we need to be for. Yeah. Why? Because Jesus in these last days has you be born for a time such as this. He has you in a moment like this. Why? Because we need people who love. We need people who care. This last couple weeks, one of the greatest joys of my life is that I've had a chance to interact with people who don't know Jesus. Uh, I'll tell you the stories later, but man, it's been fun to look at them and let them know how much God loves them. By the way, to invite them to Crossroads, which I think two of the families right now, actually they both have said they'll come. And uh, what I'm able to do is talk about a world of love, a world of peace, a world of joy that exists in the midst of all that's going dark and wrong and chaotic and confusing. And maybe right now you need to come to that. You need to come to the one who wants to love you, but also wants to fill you with love and have you be a person who loves others. Maybe you need to come to the one who wants to give you healing and truth. Maybe this is your moment, your time. But I want to tell you, it could not be clear we're living in the last days. And it's so important in these days that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you've never met him, today you can. You just need to call out to him. The Bible says you pray and call out to him. If you are someone who needs to recommit your life, maybe because your attitude has gone wrong, or you just feel like you've been hurt or, or something's occurred, this is your moment to come back to him. And right now, I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to think about where are you at with the Lord? Because I can tell you where he wants you to be. He wants you to know his love, and he wants to give you care, and he wants to, he wants to fill your life with joy, even in the midst of the world we live in but he wants you to know your place in these last days, your purpose in these last days. So right now, let's pray. Father, I pray for anybody who needs to open their heart to you and
commit their life to you. And I pray right now they would know, Lord, how much you love them. And I pray right now they would open their heart to you. Right now, I'm hoping there's some of you who are going to say yes to Jesus. And the way you can do that is pray a prayer with me right now. But here's the question. Are you ready? He wants you. He loves you. Are you ready to open your heart to him? Or to recommit your life to him? If so, pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me and you died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me from anything or anyone that's holding me down or holding me back. And I pray you'll make me yours. And I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes to you. That's the only words you can pray. Just say those. I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now. And make me yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen if you prayed that prayer. Wow. And if you prayed that prayer, praise God. If you prayed that prayer and you're online, right now I want to ask you to do this. Text amen to 77247. Don't hold back. Right now, find a way. Find a way. Text amen to 77247.